Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. FMC Fast Chat takes you inside the news so you can be in the know in 30 minutes. Hosted by Fair Media Council CEO and Executive Director Jackie Clement, Fast Chat features notables in news, media, and business. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. I'm Jackie Clement, and joining me today, I am so excited, is New York news legend Rosanna Scotto, who also happens to be an old friend. Rosanna, Thank you so much for joining us today. Jackie, I love that you said old friend, maybe like drop the old, but the friend part is good. But yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) I feel the same way, but maybe later on we should talk about the deal you made with the devil because you look younger (laughs) than ever. And I want to know how that's possible. Um, It's difficult. (laughs) But Honestly, I mean, you have been a really good friend for a long time now, and we appreciate all the help and support you've given us over the years, uh, both me personally and on behalf of the Fair Media Council. But we want to talk to you today. You know, I think let's start with right now and work our way backwards. Right now, you have a new project out. You put out what some people would call a cookbook, but I think it's a lot more than that. So tell us about this. I just happen to have it. Uh, (laughs) Thanks, Jackie. It's You've called, done this before, I see. <laughs> it's called Meatballs, Manja, and Memories. And as you there can you see, it's a few generations there. Mama in the middle, my sister yeah. Elena, um, uh, her son Danny, and my daughter Jenna. And um, it's a memoir book. So we did it, you know, so much. Everybody's gone through so much the last few years. Yeah. This was our way of kind of like, remembering the past but also moving moving it forward and it's okay. you know we do have a hundred over a hundred recipes in here we share it all we don't leave out an ingredient yeah and uh you know good times all right don't want to miss on this one question which is very important which is how do you make a good meatball well um what we do which we think is the key is yes. we soak panko breadcrumbs in milk and okay. that gives it the delicious moisture and the meatballs so they're not golf balls now i know you love to play golf long island has great golf courses we like our meatballs to be nice and moist and not to be used on the golf course okay fair enough and a great point there so tell me though when you were growing up how much did food mean to you and your family uh, food really is kind of the heart and soul it was the gatherer of everybody in good times and bad um, you know, we love food and it was spent in the kitchen with family cooking, sharing memories, making memories. And, um, Sundays, we still do this great big dinner that actually starts at about two o'clock in the afternoon and could go on for several hours, but it's a time, even our kids love it now. And they know that you cannot miss a Sunday meal. And it's difficult because as you know, Jackie, Nobody works nine to five anymore. Nobody works Monday through Friday. 
And, and Sundays, which used to be a sacred day in most families, now you're, you know, the kids have baseball practice or whatever, or who's working. Um, you really have to find that time to just make everything stop and come together as a family. Yeah. Now, who cooks in your family on those Sundays? Well, my dad used to do the Sunday sauce. So we've yeah. kind of taken that up. My son gets mad at me. He's like, you really did not sit down with dad and get the correct recipe. But I will tell you, there were plenty of mornings because we share this house out, out uh, on Long Island. And my dad would start at eight o'clock in the morning, you know, cutting the onions and the garlic. And he would simmer the sauce for hours. And that's part of like, I think the secret is just like simmering it. Um, and... Uh, so dad cooks, mom would make the chicken. I would make some vegetables. My sister would come over and make, you know, the salad. We all kind of chipped in because, it, you know, we grew to be a big family. It's not like years ago where mom would do all the cooking, you know, nobody can take on that project anymore. Everybody's busy, you know? So I think when you have everybody kind of be a part of that, that great meal, I think you appreciate it a little bit more. Yeah. I think it tastes better too, right? It does. It really <laughs> does. And I'm telling you, like the kids love it now. You know, if we skip a Sunday meal, they're like, what? We're not having everybody over. We're not having Sunday sauce. You know, God forbid you like decide right. to make fish that day. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Now, one of the things you mentioned, though, is the fact that everybody is working or they're super busy. You, young lady are always just out there. I don't understand, well, one, where you get your energy from. I think you and Ernie Anastas may be two of the hardest working people I know because you're just always on and working and you're just not slowing down. How do you do this? Well, Jackie, thank you. And it takes one to know one. I know you're very busy as well. Um, so, and Ernie, we love Ernie. He's the best, positively yeah. Ernie. Um, yes. I take, I think I have a lot of energy from my mom. Uh, yeah. I don't require a lot of rest, although I'm very disciplined with my time. Uh, I've grown to like really learn how to prioritize. Uh, but I think in this new world, you have to constantly be changing and evolving. You can't be doing the same thing that you did five years ago or even last year. And so hence the cookbook, hence uh, social media. I, I have my own uh, platform Rosanna, at Rosanna Scotto. And then during COVID, my sister and I started Scotto Sisters um, uh, on Instagram as a way to engage my parents who were locked down in their apartment, um, afraid to even open up a window. And, uh, and then we grew our community from there. We do um, a live Instagram show uh, at 4.30, we used to do it five days a week during COVID, uh, but now we do it twice a week, usually Monday and Wednesday. And, um, you know, it's a way to kind of, well, just engage the people that follow us, get to know them a little bit better. They've been great supporters at the restaurant. You know, um, our family has Fresco by Scotto in Midtown Manhattan. We closed down twice uh, during COVID. We opened up, um, we had to close down, obviously everybody closed down in March of 2020. We tried to reopen in September of 2020 with an outdoor. Um, it didn't really work. We closed back down in December of 2020. 
And during that time, my sister and I kind of brainstormed, like we had to reimagine the restaurant. It was not going to work unless we did. So we hired a party planner from Long Island, <laughs> Lawrence Scott Events. And we said to him, we have to make this a destination restaurant. Nobody was in Midtown. People were still not back. They were hanging out on Long Island or Florida. And we had to give them a reason to come back. So we created this gorgeous backyard that's kind of reminiscent of Capri with lemon trees. And in the wintertime, we put lights up around the holidays. We make it look like it's, you know, Brooklyn. I think we're better than Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. And we change it seasonally. Um, We have heaters during the wintertime, but we also incorporated that look in our restaurant and we have a DJ. So we, we had to reimagine in 2021 and it's still going strong in 2023. Thank God. Um, we're open five days a week. We were open pre pandemic six, but, uh, now we're back to five partially because of, you know, supply chain and, and workers and people not being in the city as much as they were. But we do notice those five days were very, very busy, Tuesday through Saturday. Okay. Now you have, I checked right before we went on together, you have over 100,000 Instagram followers at this point. I do. How many of them have come into the restaurant? How many more need to come? (laughs) A lot. We're we're open for more Instagram followers at Rosanna Scotto, Scotto Sisters. And of course, we will accommodate everybody at Fresco by Scotto. But it's funny, you know, when we first reopened, well, when we reopened the second time, so many of our Scotto sisters and Rosanna Scotto followers came in to support because they were with us on the journey of trying to get our business up and running. Everybody could relate to that. Everybody was going through that. And we shared our family experiences as well. So Mm -hmm. They were part of it and they wanted to meet us in person. And, you know, there are times where like the Scotto sisters organize lunches and dinners and they all come in and uh, we have a good time. Well, that's good to hear. But one one of the things that has always amazed me about you is when you walk into a room, whether, whether it's here on the island or in the city, you know, everyone in the room, you go up to them, you welcome them, you say their name. I am horrible at remembering names and matching names with faces. I can remember faces. How do you do it? <laughs> uh, Jackie, I'm not always perfect, but you know, a lot of these people, uh, especially uh, who are part of the, the Folio Council, um, I've known them over the years. So it's kind of, they're ingrained in my, in my memory. Uh, a lot of ex- great experiences with them over the years. Uh, working the business over 30 years at Fox 5, um, you get to know these people. I'm very involved in the community, uh, very involved in a number of charities. So I see them. I see them a lot. I'm I'm not one of those people who stays home very much. So I get to see a lot of people. All right. Actually, walk us through what your average day is like. When do you get up? I get up at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, shower, put on clothes, uh, hair's crazy, no makeup, go to work, 5.15 meeting. It's usually over at six. Um, And then I read what I need to read for the day, um, hair and makeup. And on the air at seven o'clock, seven to 10. 
Um, we have newsmakers, uh, uh, everybody from the mayor to local politicians to uh, Dr. Fauci to uh, last week was Jim Dolan, the head of MSG, which we made a lot of news with. And um, it's not always over at 10 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes we do post tapes. Uh, then there's charities. Then there's this drop by the restaurant. Uh, then there's maybe a little fitness in there. Um, and then there's, you know, we try to get in a little family time and uh, then prepare for the next day. It's amazing. It really is. It's, it just sounds like a marathon each day. It can be a ma marathon. It can be a marathon. And by the end of the week, I'm pretty much cross-eyed. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I don't even remember my name. But I, I am so fortunate um, to have this job and so privileged to meet all these people, whether they're famous or not, um, that I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity every single morning. Do you have any time management tips? Um, you know, <laughs> I've gotten better over the years. I used to be one of those people who was afraid to say no. Um, and then I realized that I was kind of running myself ragged. And um, I really have to look at the big picture. Like, instead of saying yes to everything, I look at the week or the month and say, okay, I've already committed to X amount. I can't go over X amount. So, cause then I know that I'm just, you know, exhausted. And, and when you're exhausted, you'll make a mistake. Sometimes it could be a big mistake um, or, you know, you're just not taking care of your own health. So that's important to me right now. And, you know, um, with dad's passing, we take care of mom a lot. So that, that plays uh, very heavy on my mind. You know, a lot of times I cancel things because, you know, something has to get done with mom. So, and she's still pretty active. She comes into the restaurant several days a week, but you know, we got to keep an eye on her. Dad's not around. Yeah. So. No, absolutely. And I do see her dancing on Instagram. Uh, I'm curious, does she understand Instagram? Does she know no. what it is? No, <laughs> <laughs> she just still doesn't get it. All these years later, she does not get it. And uh, she's like, they're a Scotto sister. They're related to me. Like, what are we doing? Is this a TV show? Where am I? But um, I think that when she sees them come in and they make a big deal of, you know, over her, she appreciates it. Right. All right. I want to ask you, um, let's shift focus a little bit. Let's talk about your news career. Wondering how you first got involved in news. But even before that, when you were a little girl, what is it you wanted to be when you grew up? Well, I was kind of torn. I, I didn't know if I want to be an actress, but at the time, you know, listen, um, family time was around eyewitness news. Uh, okay. we would watch, we would watch, uh, eyewitness news religiously, uh, around the dinner table. And there was a woman on eyewitness news, Roseanne Scamadella, who I was like, wow, we have almost the same name. She's from Brooklyn. My dad happened to know her. And, um, he said, would you like to meet her? And I said, yes. And uh, I went to Eyewitness News and met her and she showed me around and she introduced me to Ernie and Astis. And um, my life has gone full circle with Ernie. And, um, and I thought like, oh my goodness, this, this sounds like the most amazing job. Now it's a juggle, you know, uh, because it is a consuming job. It's not conditional, you know, conventional hours. 
Um, we work all the time on call all the time. And now, thank goodness, because of our telephone, you know, yeah. we got the office in our ear 24-7. I know everybody can relate to that. Um, yeah. But I, I do love the job. And so Roseanne really mentored me and so did Ernie. And um, I went to college. I was still kind of dabbling with theater. And I realized, geez, at that time, you know, most of the people who were getting the parts did not look like this and sound like this. I think maybe I, I would have had a better shot now just because mm -hmm. they're ethnic looking people more yeah. in front of like TV and movies. Back then it was kind of all American. And yeah. um, I, I, at the time I was like, you know what? I, I don't wanna be like waitressing 24 seven and trying to audition and so I right. kind of segued into TV news. Um, I started off at the bottom, production assistant, uh, intern, and kind of worked my way up, moved to Atlanta, worked for Ted Turner, um, and then worked way, my way back, uh, worked with uh, Regis and Cindy okay. Garvey, and uh, then went to and worked for Eyewitness News for about three years, got fired there. Um, and then uh, moved on to uh, Channel 5. At the time, it was Metro Media. Uh, mm -hmm. Six weeks later, after I was never hired, I was freelance, uh, Rupert Murdoch came in and he liked the way I sounded and my contacts and he hired me full-time in 1986. And I've been there ever since. Yes. New Yorkers have been waking up to you for a long time now. It's amazing. How would you describe, though, how the job has changed? You know, one of the things we're, we're always talking about is how news has changed. How has the job, in your perspective, changed for you? Well, I mean, it's all consuming, okay? So now there's the social media aspect to it as well. You know, going on Twitter, engaging with people on Twitter, sometimes looking for news tidbits on yeah. Twitter. Um, you know, Instagram seems more of a social thing. Twitter seems a little bit newsier. Um, and I just feel like, you know, you have to get up. For me, I'm kind of still old school, whereas I don't just like to sit behind the desk every day. I like to go out and do stories, get to see the people in the community, find out what's, what's really happening out there. And um, I love talking to people. And uh, I, I think it's just, it's all consuming. I, I feel like the younger people may not have the same passion that we did for it, but I feel like we were schooled a certain way in doing the job and things have relaxed for that generation. For them, lucky for them, they've learned how to juggle it, I think a lot better than we did. Um, I remember when I was pregnant with my daughter, my first ch a child, I went into HR. They didn't even know what papers to give me. In Jeez. fact, they gave me the wrong papers. Really? I came back during my maternity leave to fill out the papers again. You know, nowadays, these kids, they, they, they got a, a better deal. Um, yeah. And I've noticed they've learned how to juggle it better and say no better. We didn't. We come from a different generation. And so, you know, we gave up nights, weekends, holidays. You know, listen, to work in this business, you need a certain degree of unexplained insanity. Um, yeah. 
and I, I'm right there. And a very forgiving family, right? And a very forgiving family. I mean, let's face it, you know, when I was working the 10 o'clock news, I would come home, have dinner with my kids, try to make it normal, um, do a little bit of homework with them, and then go back to do the 10 o'clock news. And most times we weren't finished. Um, my husband, thank goodness, stepped in and, you know, tried to normalize the process, but not easy. But I hope my kids learned another lesson about, you know, having a working mother in the family. Yeah, yeah. And the whole lesson really of learning to say no is really valuable because as you mentioned, I mean, I, I was always taught you never say no because you never know where the opportunity is going to lead you. But then so, you think about it and you're just all over the place. And at it's some just, point- it, It's just, you know what? It, it's gotten too much. Um, yeah. And I, I totally come from that school of thought, which is you never, you never know what this opportunity is gonna bring you. Um, but now I, I think just because it's 24 seven with the telephone, with social media, I have my family's restaurant, my children, even though they're adults, they still need me, you know, you, you and I have, you know, a, a mom that needs, you know, attention. So you, you really have to learn how to fit everything in and take care of yourself at the same time. Yeah, no, definitely. Now, the stories that you are associated with, I, I think because you're on the morning show, um, you know, you have a certain energy about you, 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 you generate this positivity that makes people be in a good mood to start the day you know, and you feel like you're getting off on the right foot. Um, but, Thank you. Well, oh, you're welcome. But it, it really is a skill and a talent. So I, my hat's off to you on that front. Um, but you also have done very serious news. And I think one of, the, one of the things that you've done that is really overlooked in your background, and maybe it just gets, you know, kind of whitewashed because of everything else that you're doing, uh, you played an instrumental role in Marty Tankliff being released from jail. So yeah. can you give just a little bit on how that story came to be? So um, a friend of mine was working with Marty, who obviously was incarcerated at that time. And uh, he was trying to help with his appeal. And he said to me, I, I, you know, I want to see you. I want to show you what we have. And um, he did. And I was like, wow. How did this get overlooked and how did was this not presented in court? Uh, we actually went to prison and interviewed Marty while he was in jail. And um, I think it got a lot of attention. It got a lot of attention. We were able to show some of that information that was never presented to a jury for one reason or another. Um, and look at Marty now. He's out there. Uh, he's got his law degree. I think he's affiliated with Georgetown University. Yeah. He's helping yeah. people who were wrongfully convicted um, and um, he's paying it forward. So um, yeah, it was, it was um, quite a story to be involved with. And it wasn't just the story, it was somebody's life. And he was a young man. Um, so we're happy that he's uh, able to, well, you know, put together the pieces after all those years. Yeah, if anyone's not familiar with that story, which uh, is hard to imagine, but Marty spent uh, 17 years in jail for a crime he did not commit. So I, I can't imagine how you just begin to a life after going through that. Yeah, um, they, they said he killed his parents, 
Um, and they brought up that he was adopted and, you know, they made it seem like it was, you know, one of those things, an adopted kid goes wild. And, and really there were so many other blatant signs at that last card game that his dad had that was never presented to the jury. It was just amazing. It really is. Now, it also, though, goes to show really the power of news, how just shining a light on a subject is really the beginning of what can happen next, you know? And, and I think that part of the equation of news is getting lost with all of the glamour of social media surrounding it. Right, the glamour of social media, and everybody thinks they're a journalist. They go on uh, these social media platforms. Be very careful because not all of it is true. Uh, I was chasing some tidbit of information that somebody gave me that said, I overlooked it and I didn't know what I was doing. And I spent like a whole day and they were wrong. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's a, there's a lot of wrong information out there. And I, you know, when I started in the business, I mean, it really was not entertainment. It was informational and helping the community. And so I still take that responsibility very seriously. Yeah. And I think you also take very seriously that it's a person's life that you're talking about, no matter what the subject matter is. They're, they're still a human being and whatever you say is really going to impact them, whether it's for good or for bad. You know, um, that's right. Your words have meaning and sometimes they have weight. And um, so I try to be, fair and balanced as much as I possibly can. Um, it's difficult sometimes with politicians who don't want to answer the questions and love to spin, uh, but that's where, you know, doing your homework comes in. And um, I never come to my newscast without doing my homework. You know, everybody's, you've been doing it so long, you can just phone it in. No, 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 no. We don't phone it in. No, no. And it shows. It shows. How about, do you have some other advice for young journalists that are starting out? Um, I, I think that they, um, young journalists, I just hope that they have the fire in the belly that, that we did, you know, really getting out there and getting to learn about the people in the community and not just doing the story, but really getting to learn about that community. Um, I find that a lot of, not a lot, but some of the reporters, you know, they pretty much do a story about what they read in the paper. They kind of regurgitate it. They don't go past the headlines. You need to go past the headlines, do your own work and, and, and get to learn the people in that community. There was so many times, I mean, I'd come back and my boss would say to me, what elements do you have for this story? And I would rattle off. He goes, nope go back out. And sometimes, you know, you didn't have the main person that you were talking about. You might have everybody around there. My boss would make me sit outside that person's house until I got the interview. Yeah. People don't That's do that. That's great. Yeah. No. Yeah. Now, and I am, I see a trend now too. I don't know if you've noticed this where, um, you know, I'll be reading a story and the source will will be quoted as saying, you know, in an email statement provided. So the reporters aren't even talking to their sources at this point. It's either through email or maybe a text message. And, you know, there's so much that can get lost in that translation. 
You know, I guess news doesn't cover the way we used to. I mean, I used to cover trials every day in that courtroom, whether it was the preppy murder trial. Remember that young man who was um, convicted of killing a woman in Central Park or the Swiss nanny trial or um, the Mia and Woody Allen trial. I mean, every day in that courtroom, you found a reason to go on air and share the information that you learned. Um, I don't know whether news just doesn't have those kind of resources anymore, whether because of social media, there's not that interest, interest in the intricacies of those cases, but uh, news has changed over the years. It definitely has. It definitely has. I'm, I'm wondering, um, for you at this point now, I mean, you just put out the, the new book. You're doing the Instagram, you, you've got the restaurant going, you've got, you've got the news career going. Are you thinking about what's next? Do you have another project already lined up? Um, I don't have another project lined up. I have some ideas in my head yeah. that I'm kind of working towards. Um, you know, it's not like years ago where if you were anchor of Good Day New York, you kind of died in the job. Yeah. That's not guaranteed. It's not okay. guaranteed. So you have to kind of evolve and change. And if you don't, you're going to get left behind. So I'm constantly looking to how I could bring the show forward, where it, there might be a spinoff, um, but definitely evolving. Definitely evolving. Okay. So wondering, what do you get your inspiration from? Well, there's so many great people out there um, that are doing interesting things. I mean, Oprah Winfrey, I love her so much. Um, she's gone from having, you know, a daily talk show to having her own network to yes. do the most important interviews out there. She's still got a foot in the water um, and, and helping the community. Um, I think that she's one of those people that, you know, evolves and changes. So I'm always watching what her next move is. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one to keep an eye on. Now, I, I know you are very involved in the community. Can you give us a little insight on the, the kinds of projects that kind of are close to your heart? Um, well, one, one of the organizations that I work with is HeartShare. Um, it's an organization based in Brooklyn. They deal with um, young adults who have developmental problems and uh, foster kids. And it's really a beautiful organization. It really makes a difference in those families' lives. Um, I've been involved with them over 20 years. Uh, I have gone to the homes. Uh, I have gotten to know the families. And um, it really works. It really works. It gives that, those families that support. Another organization, Northwell Hospital, is very involved in. Um, they have the Katz Institute for Women which is a, a wonderful hospital that focuses on women's health. Because Jackie, as you know, women always kind of put themselves behind everybody else. They're always worried about mom, their husband, their kids. They're always last on the list. Um, and even research for women has always been last on the list. So Katz Institute is making it a priority. And so I've been out there supporting them over the last few years. That's great. Um, we are almost out of time, which it always goes far too fast, especially talking with someone like you. Um, one question, which is kind of our 
standard fast chat closing question, which is, what's the best thing about being Rosanna Scotto? That's the hardest question. <laughs> um, I think just the fact that I get to meet so many interesting people, famous, not famous. Uh, I feel so blessed uh, that these people feel like I'm part of their family. Um, and I get to interview the people who are on the front lines of making news and history every day. Uh, yeah. And I don't know, it's exciting. It's really exciting. The Fair Media Council is a 501c3 nonprofit organization advocating for quality news and working to create a media-savvy society. For more information about the Fair Media Council and upcoming Fast Chat shows, check out fairmediacouncil.org. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.